And hello, and welcome back, and yes, and good evening, or good morning, or good afternoon, or you know what? Frankly, I don't, I don't give a damn. You, I, you, you take and you take and you take, and uh, and I'm sick of it. I didn't mean that. Come back, please. Um, it's Junior Funners, folks. It's Junior Funners, and it's back again uh, for another week. And isn't that nice? And isn't that grand? Um, we're going to do something this week on this week's episode that we haven't done for, uh, <laughs> I feel like, uh, well over a year. Um, and we're going to talk to somebody else. And by somebody else, I mean someone outside of uh, the two guys that normally do this thing, which is me. Hello, I'm Ollie. And uh, the other guy, which is Lawrence. Uh, it's getting hot in here, Ollie, and listeners, it's getting hot. Better take off all our clothes. Yeah, exactly. I was uh <laughs> I was in a I was in a cab recently and that song came on the radio and the DJ that was like the daytime DJ that was playing it was like uh Nelly with It's Getting Hot in Here and that is definitely the song that we all want to hear on this uh very hot Friday afternoon. It's like I don't know, man. That's like a kind of a horny song to be playing during the Friday commute for most people. That's weird. That's weird. Weird to say that. Um, but anyway, yeah, we're talking to someone else this week um, to get a fresh perspective. That's right. We added a third white guy. Um, we're talking to Mr. Jason Manly Man Manning himself. Hello, Jason. Hello, Ollie. Um I thought it was going to be forever before I got my little intro there and got to say something, but I'm glad like you guys are obviously fresh off the press of this Premier League that we have uh, we've seen over the past weeks and I'm I'm happy to be here like I want to interject and I wanted to interject before but now I'm here in person I feel good about it so let's go yeah, you can finally uh, have your say. You're kind of like the um, you're like the, the the Greek chorus for this episode. You represent the audience. I reckon um, so. Like, I am. I yeah. I I would put myself up that that stream. Like, sure. Maybe now that I said it out loud. I'm pretty sure that's not what a Greek chorus does. But you know what I mean. I think I might be more important than you guys put together. But yeah, that's where we're at. I'd go along with that. Yeah, I'd definitely say more important than us. We do. Yeah, yeah. The fuck do we know? <laughs> Um, but yeah, Jason, Jason is part of the, if you've, if the name sounds familiar to people that have listened uh, to us before, if, if Jason's name sounds familiar, it's because he is part of the, uh, esteemed league of boners, uh, the boner league, um, of which, uh, me and Lawrence are a part of, and sort of kind of what this podcast is effectively kind of birthed out of, uh, really just, you know, bunch of, bunch of lads chatting about the footy and that. Um, so yeah, so yeah, um. Jason, I can't. It's been a couple of weeks since we did the uh, rankings for Burn League this year. Where, where did you finish? Oh shit! Um, I don't think I finished in the top five. Um, honestly, I kind of just um, let it go by the wayside. Um, mm. I, I, it wasn't a priority for me. I'll be honest. Um, but I did. I'd have. I did have De Bruyne in my team. And I did have um, a couple of Southampton players in my team because, yeah. you know, you've got to stick to your roots. Um, and I kind of let things slide. So if I didn't finish top three, that's not my fault. It's, you know, the player's fault. Yeah, no, it's it's society's fault. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, for, you know, making you too busy to, to care about 
fantasy football. Yeah. Um, which, we, I mean, you, you mentioned there that, yeah, staying true to your roots, you are, of course, a, a Saints fan. Um, uh, so, I mean, outside of Danny Ings, who were, the, who were kind of your sort of secret weapons? As, having the, the inside track, as it were, on, uh, on Southampton, who were your kind of secret kind of points getters? I think um, we rode a lot of luck this season. Um, I think in past seasons we've been in a lot of like a, a better position going forwards. Um, but I think our midfield's pretty decent. Like James Ward Prowse has seen us yep. through like some serious shit in terms of the midfield and um, obviously the transfer speculation with um, what's his face and like um, like he has scored he's scored some important goals. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, uh, Ward Prowse is kind of the, he's sort of the, like the set piece assassin of the, of the, yeah. the side, isn't he? He's kind of the, he's the, he's the guy really, um, in terms of the like set pieces. And it's like, um, I, I play a lot of football manager and it's like that situation where you, you've just been robbed of your players and your like, your players are just like pissing you off and you're just like, what do I do here? And he's the guy where it's like, okay, give him the captaincy. And he has delivered. Like, he's, he's been really solid. And I think he's brought the team to the next level, for me anyway, um, in terms of, like, Southampton actually presu- like producing results and that. Um, I think he's been integral to the team. And, yeah, he hasn't scored all the goals, but I think he has been an important feature for Southampton and um, it could have gone the other way, you know, it could have gone so easily the other way, but he's performed and outperformed what he needed to do. And like, I'm really happy for him. It was great. I d- Yeah. I think I, I, I'd agree with that. I'd say he's probably, he is uh, like one more good season away from kind of being, uh, would you say tempted away by a, by a larger club possibly? Possibly, yeah, but which club? The, like, way that, the way that so many Saints players have, I mean, yeah. it, literally, it's, I mean, it's insane. You look at how, how many of Liverpool's title winning team of, you know, of former Saints players, it's like, it's, it's crazy. And they're not, like, they're not the only ones, but like. I, I maintain, like, I, I maintain that I, I saw Mane's first game for Saints and I said, I said it to, to Foster. I was like, Mane is shit. <laughs> he's shit like on that wing he is shit and then you got shifted forward and then all of a sudden all he could do was score and then it was yeah. like oh shit this guy is good um yeah but yeah that's it's such a perfect example because man like i was not convinced by mane and within a game or two he suddenly turned it around and all he could do was score um and it's so it's so funny looking back on that. Like I, I literally said Mane was shit. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. It's like it's it, like to not just be proven wrong, but like he's literally become one of the world's best strikers. Like, it, yeah. like it, it's yeah, it's. But I'm sure plenty of people probably said that about like you know when Thierry. It's a similar thing with Thierry Henry when he first came to Arsenal. It, you know, he was he was brought in as a winger initially, and I think it, it took him a while to get going. And I'm pretty sure it, it was this, you know, saying there's probably a lot of 
it's interesting because obviously the internet wasn't as prevalent back then, but you could probably find a lot of kind of early football blog entries of people saying like, yeah, this, this Thierry Henry kid, nah, dump him. He's, he's nothing. He's, yeah. yeah. Literally when Liverpool came in with like 30 odd million for Mane, I was like, well, yeah, you know, like <laughs> sometimes you've got to cash out. <laughs> it, seems, it seems fair. Like that's a good deal to be honest. Like the, but at that point, like all Southampton could do was buy and invest in players that would just produce, and um, like we were totally spoiled at that stage. Like it was, it was crazy. Like we would, like Southampton would not make a signing, and you would not feel like what are they doing? Like you, it would just never even occur. It would just be like, wow, we've got this player, and they decided to come to us. And they're just outperforming what we paid for them. Like, yeah, it would just happen. It would just happen again and again and again. And it was just so perfect. But obviously, the last few years, like it's been, it's just pure survival, I guess. Yeah, it's been pretty barren in that respect. But yeah, I know that 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 it kind of streak of uh, like Pochettino into the Kuman era um, yeah. a few seasons ago. It was I I. I I remember thinking at the time I'd never seen anything like it because after Pochettino left and the way that the team was just absolutely like gutted for parts, like pretty much all of the starting 11 more or less yeah. was, you know, was sold and, and moved on. I was just like, well, that's it. They're, they're getting relegated next season. And then like, they, you know, they bring in Ronald Koeman as, as a new manager and he makes a bunch of new signings. And it's just like, not only did they not get relegated, they like, they managed to do better than they had done under Pochettino. It just no one saw that coming and not only that but they created a brand of football like they they create like people aspire to be that brand of football where it's like yeah we don't have the best players but we're gonna we're gonna play a certain style and other other teams have been all over that and said like um Pochettino's perfect example for Tottenham it's like um yeah I did so well with Southampton I'm gonna I'm gonna take that forwards and and, and you know played a high pressing game and and get some results and where the fuck is Pochettino what's happened to him yeah I mean he's uh he's on holiday I mean it's you know it's <laughs> I well I mean I we've we've sort of discussed it on the show um a, a few times but yeah I mean it, it, it's I can't imagine being a Spurs fan at the moment and feeling anything but incredibly pissed off that the, the yeah. fact that the fact that that you know the club decided to not just fire Pochettino, but fire him in order to bring in uh, Mourinho. Um, yeah. feels like such a such a such a nothing move. I, I, nobody wins there in the long term. Yeah, so it's like such a, a nothing move that I, I don't know what he's bringing to the table. Where it's like, yes, like Pochettino was shortcoming, like. He took us to a Champions League final in the most dramatic way possible. And yes, we lost that final. But like, how do you just let that go by the wayside and be like, yep, no, that's no good for us. Like, to, yeah. to me, Pochettino is one of the best managers out there. And um, I'm really, really surprised. Like, if, if I have, like, if Southampton had the opportunity to take him back up, I would be the happiest. Southampton fan in the world, but it's just not going to happen. Like he's so he's so far surpassed that. Like he is quality, 
And it's so surprising that Mourinho just walks into these jobs and everyone's just like okay with it. Like, I don't understand how that's happening. It's just, I, yeah, I, at this point, I think it, it's purely just the, 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 the thing like, yeah, well, look at his track record. You know, he's, he's won, he's won all these trophies and it's just like, yeah, but if, if you've watched any of his sides play in the last five years or so, it's like, it's, it's, it's just like everyone's, everyone's figured him out. Like everyone, like, and he hasn't, he hasn't moved with the times. Like, you know, one of the, it, it's somewhat ironic that one of his like, constant criticisms of, of uh, Wenger at Arsenal was, you know, that he, he he never learned from his mistakes and he wouldn't adapt his game and he wouldn't change tactically and whatever. Um, and Mourinho just seems to, Mourinho seems to just be that now. He's, you know, he, he has his way of playing. Everyone's wise to it. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's much easier for everybody to play against it now. The game has moved on and he hasn't. Yeah. He plays the part uh, part the, the bus kind of tactics and um yeah if they score a goal then it usually works but it's just do they score that goal or not and yeah it just it's just a little bit boring um compared to like the other you know you've got Klopp at Liverpool who's just playing the high pressing game that like you know I, I spoke about Pochettino already like Pochettino lived off the, the high pressing game and like I fell in love about football, um, like for as a Southampton fan, like between before a few years ago, like between 2012 and 2017, as a Southampton fan, like we were just absolutely spoiled because um, every manager that came in just had a new idea and applied it to absolute maximum effect and it just seemed to work every single time um and yeah it's kind of it's kind of sad that we've got to a position where it just feels like season after season now that it's just a relegation battle um but at the same time like like we're spoiled like it's been so good been so good last yeah, it's, yeah it's sort of the, the the constant kind of brink of relegation thing it, it sort of takes you back to like the the late 90s early 2000s under Rupert Lowe and having you know that era of having a really shitty chairman that clearly doesn't care about the club and yeah. it's just trying to turn a profit like selling all the good players um and just yeah it, you know if they can if they can stay up in the premiership they can make x amount of money uh, and there's no incentive to to push on or do anything more than that um, but it's sort of, but you know, maybe I, Hassan Hurtle seems to be heralding a, a, a return somewhat to that era you were talking about. I just wanted to check in with because I feel like it's been I don't know maybe nine minutes since Lawrence has said anything. Um, Lawrence, you, you care to respond to any of these uh, allegations that, that Jason's making that Saints used to be good? Well, I mean, if you look at uh, I, you know how I keep bringing up the um, second half of the season, blah 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 blah, uh, or even post-lockdown uh, table. I mean, Southampton have been one of the top sides in the in the league. I mean, mm. I think... Uh, look, I think he's a very, I think, very, uh, dare I say, very underrated coach, uh, Husson, Husson. And how did you say his name? Husson Hoodle. Is that right? Husson Hoodle. Yeah, because uh, he was at... Yeah. He was at Leipzig. Rafe, Rafe Husson Hoodle. He was at Leipzig and... Uh, you know, I thought he would go on to be like 
maybe Champions League with them or something like that. But then, then he left, and all of a sudden he's at Southampton. I was like, yeah. Something, something I will say is that that Southampton got really right before, obviously the comeback of everything, and obviously we've been through COVID and everything. Something that Southampton did really right was they renewed his contract. They renewed the contract of a few players, like the key players, and they were like, "We're we're committed. Like we want you guys here." And honestly, I think that might have saved Southampton season. I think if they didn't do that, everyone's just like in limbo and they don't really know where they're at. But Southampton did a really good job of just saying, "Like we're we're committed to you guys." And yeah, the season's not gone great before, but Husnov is done nothing but good things since then like they made a like really good decision there in my opinion like they they showed trust and they were like like you guys you need to you need to commit yourselves and we're going to commit your like ourselves to you as well and for me like that was a defining point in Southampton season yeah i uh, yeah i think that yeah there, there was definitely there was something that kind of that that, that turned around. I mean, we, we've sort of talked uh, at length about uh, the you know the the, the now infamous nine nil uh, loss to Leicester and how that seemed to be kind of a sort of a rock bottom moment. Yeah. Um, from uh, from you know for 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 this this particular um, Southampton team, and it was just it. The amount of other managers that kind of you know that got sacked, um, you know, throughout the rest of the season, but they stuck with they stuck with House Nurtle and they stuck with those players, and you know, the, the, it's incredible that they not only not got relegated, but they actually kind of thrived after that, and you know, managed the, like a you know pretty decent finish in the table. Um, yeah, having started so miserably, uh, you know, for the you know the the early part of the season. Um, but it's yeah. I mean, it, I, where do you stand on the whole like Che Adams thing? Because um, I mean, he how much do they sign him for? Um, I think it was about seventeen million. Um, it was like obviously he's got pedigree in championship and um, like that's 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 good. Like bringing that into Premiership, usually like like obviously you're not going to get the same thing as you do from from championship but um like i feel like the the rest of the squad ha- like showed nothing but support for him and mm. they wanted him to do well and you know although he struggled and only got his goals late like he got a few goals late on um i think he's a good like squad player um, i think he deserves another season like i it would be wrong to like try and sell him off right now um southampton are a- in a good in a, in a good spot right now where they've got good attacking players and so i think it would be a big mistake to just get rid of him um i think he's like really good form and he's a good squad player i think southampton need to be patient with him and i think i think that's a general consensus with fans as well um he's been a little bit unlucky and um all the rest of it but you know, if Southampton got relegated, I think he would be one of the first names on the list of saying, like, yeah, he did shit and didn't get goals and um, all the rest of it. But 
you know, Southampton didn't get relegated. The last few months they've done really well and he yeah. actually played an important role in that. Um, so I think most Southampton fans are like, yeah, he deserves another season and we'll see how he goes, you know? So, uh, so Lawrence, why did you call him, and I quote, a no-footed sack of shit? <laughs> who? Who? Who did I call? Uh, no <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Shea Adams. Oh. Oh. Um, well, you know, I like to be the, the, uh, the one on the show who makes the uh, controversial uh, outbursts. <laughs> And get a response from our <laughs> from our guests. That is true. You are like our. You're the yeah. You're, you're like uh, you're like the Piers Morgan, and I'm yeah. I'm the Susanna Reid. I'm the big <laughs> bloated pig man, and I, you're the you're the eye candy. Just yeah, the fucking gammon faced, uh, just uh, sloppy looking worm motherfucker. And uh, yeah, I've got nice legs. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that works out. I'm joking. You're not. You're not a. You're not a, 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 a gammon-faced worm. I, I don't mean that. Um. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, the other. I mean, on on the not really the flip side, but on the same side as uh, as Shay Adams. Uh, what about Shane Long? I mean, because the man, bless him, uh, seems to try, but. He just it, it, the the stats about like how long he goes in between scoring uh, is is just insane. I, I find like every time he scores, it just seems like it's the first time he scored in <laughs> seventeen years. Like it, it's it's yeah. crazy. I mean, what can I say? Shane Long, club legend. He's a club legend. You can't you can't replace that. You know, like he yeah. You don't need to score goals. You just need to be on the field and direct, directing the, the pace of play. Um, He's a Premier League striker. I, I would say that goals are quite an important honestly, part. Honestly, yeah, he doesn't have a good score rate, but I, I have nothing bad to say about Shane Long. I think he's been a good servant for Southampton. And I'm not, yeah. even, I'm not even trolling right now. Like, I think he's, he's a good squad player. And you need that. You need good squad players in, in your team. And he's one of those where it's just like he will go out there and just give his absolute all. And it's like I'm unapologetic un- un- going forwards with, with Shane Long. Like I'm a massive fan. Like I think he does wonders for the, long for, for the, for the dressing room. Like, and as stupid as that sounds, like, I'm the person that said that Mane was shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What are we listening to you for? <laughs> so Mane's shit. Shane Long's decent. <laughs> the world got upside down. Um, but yeah, Shane Long does a fucking job and he does it well, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah it'd be beautiful if he'd scored a few more goals, but, but he would have probably got snapped up by fucking Liverpool at this stage if he scored a few more goals. So <laughs> Yeah, he does. I, 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 I agree with you that he probably is great for the dressing room. He does seem like a lovely fella. Um, every time you see him in post-match interviews and stuff, he's, yeah, he's obviously got that that kind of never, I don't know, he, yeah, he, he, he just never seems to be beaten. You know, he, yeah, I, I think he's, he probably is good. Good to have around just for morale. Um, I but, think so. Uh, as much as that counts for like 
or doesn't count for like you you think about pure players and stats and how many goals they score per per game and all the rest of it but i i honestly think he's like a really good squad player and moves the like southampton forwards like i think he does a good job and as stupid as that sounds like i think that's a good thing mm. So there you have it, folks. That's an exclusive. Jason wants to marry uh, Sean Long. Uh, Sean Long? Shane Long? Shane Long. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah. We, uh, yeah. Well, you know uh, why Ms. they call him Mrs. Shane Long? Shane Long. Because um, <laughs> of, uh, of his long fingernails. That's what I heard. That's what, that's what I heard. Um, should we get it? Just get a quick, because we're recording this on Monday night. Just get a quick Europa League update. Um no, yeah, United is still shit. Uh, so yeah, nil nil with uh, FC Copenhagen. I think the other match, uh, Inter and Bayer Leverkusen, is still two one. Just checking in there. Yeah, two one on that one. Um, I forgot. I forgot to mention last week how, in many ways, United got the luckiest fixture list in the locked in the. When we came, the Premier League, the resumed. it was all like bottom. The only two teams they had to play against in the top half of the league, well, they beat Leicester 2 1 on the final day, which was disappointing. And it was Tottenham, which was a 1 all draw. And the rest were all teams in the bottom half, all fighting relegation or something. It's like they had the easiest fixture out of any of the. <laughs> yeah, I d- yeah, but then that's sort of, you start to unpick that. And then it's like, we, you know, Arsenal had to play a lot of those teams as well. Like, yeah, like we had to play City and, and Liverpool. But you know, we had to. We still lost to Villa. You know, we we barely beat Watford on the last day. You know, boasted up against teams we should have probably beaten, and then beat uh, Liverpool two one. Which yeah, it's, it's it's a clown world. Yeah, it's an absolute absolute uh, hell world. Uh, uh, absolute to quote a very world. dated Twitter phrase, heck world. Can I ask you guys a question? Oh, go for it. Um, from a Southampton fan. Cedric Suarez, you go. Um, yeah, good goal. Good goal. He, not been he's much. got a good goal yeah. at Norwich. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that goal was, I can't really argue with that. I mean, that was, that was quality. Um, that, that, yeah, that goal he scored, whatever it was, like two minutes into his debut. Um, I've, I've not, not really seen enough of him uh, at this point to sort of form a definitive opinion. Um, but, I mean, yeah, again, you know, it, whatever happens, he scored. He scored that brilliant goal in his debut. So that's kind of that's in the bank forever now. Yeah, he. Um, I, was kind of, I was kind of surprised Southampton let him go so cheap because, like, a few years back, he won. Like Portugal won the um, European Championship and all of that, and he he was like a key focus in all of that. Like he yeah. he was hot property. Um, and Southampton kind of kept hold of him for the next couple of years and it's all of a sudden kind of let him go very cheap to Arsenal. Um, I think that's a, a real good buy for Arsenal, honestly. Like, if they're looking for that wing play and they want to go forwards with that, like, that's yeah. a real coup. Like, you guys have done a real good job of getting him. Do you reckon it was a was it like a like a contract thing? Did he have like a was he like in the last year of his contract or something? Do you reckon that's why he was able to go so cheap? Because I I was surprised as well that we um you know we got him on loan and then 
after the restart, it was, you know, it was, yeah, we, we just uh, suddenly announced that we were able, you know, we, he signed a long-term, he signed like a three or four year long-term deal with us. And I was a bit surprised by that. Yeah. I mean, Southampton have got a history of just um, like being a little bit like they bend over backwards for their players and that. And I, I, I can only assume that his contract was run, running out and he decided that he wanted to go somewhere else, like a bigger club. Obviously, you're not going to turn down Arsenal over over Southampton. Um, mm. But yeah, um, over the last few years, it feels like a recurring theme where players are just like, yeah, this is it's a good club to play for Southampton, but it's not top five, you know? And yeah. as much as Arsenal have struggled over the last three or four years or even longer than that, like <laughs> two, two decades. Yeah. <laughs> it's still the case. It's still the case that, you know, it's probably a good idea to shift your allegiances to, to, um, to Arsenal. Um, but Cedric, Cedric Suarez is like a really interesting um, player to me, anyway, um, because he is he had so much um, success with the national side and kind of was a little bit disappointing for Southampton, I guess. Um, but how do you replace that? Like he he has won trophies for his national side. Um, on a continental on a continental stage, sorry. Um, how do you replace that? Like, there's no replacing that. But I don't. Yeah. I don't think Southampton have got any kind of um, money for him. Like, Arsenal have just signed him, and that's that. Like, I don't think Southampton have like got any money for it. So it's interesting yeah. to me, anyway. We've had a we've had a recent thing of buying a obscure right backs like i remember i i forgot we had matthew debushi from newcastle and lick steiner and a couple of yeah that was like, a shit because he <laughs> he looked really good for like Lickstein, a few minutes yeah, he, like a, he looked really featured. good for like yeah because he got really badly injured didn't he? he got like he started out like uh like the first like couple of matches and whatever season it was that he joined and he looked really good and then he like had one of those horrible knee injuries that like that basically just end your season. And this is like two games into the season. So it was just like he was just out. And then I think by the time he came back into the side, um I guess that would have been around the time that Bellerin, Bellerin sort of established just, himself. Yeah, yeah uh, right back and it was like he just there was no way he was gonna get back in the side on a consistent enough basis. Then I think I think he managed to injure himself again after that. Um and I think by the time he came back there might have been I, yeah, I, I think he was sort of like basically third in the pecking order at that point um, for for right back for Arsenal. And then it was just like, yeah, he, I think he ended up just going out on loan to a bunch of French clubs. Um, Jason, I'm I'm conscious of the fact that you've got a uh, you you've got kind of a, a hard out, as it were. Um, I do just want to inquire as to what because uh, you you you're we were chatting a little bit before we started recording. You're coming to us from a, a hotel. Yeah. Um, so like there's been a lot of sort of background noise um, what, are you is, there, is that traffic going by in the background or are you just been have you been flushing the toilet over and over again um, yeah I guess it's it's traffic it's not me flushing okay again and again <laughs> you got some healthy you got some healthy BMs you, no, no problems there yeah yeah it's all good 
Um, okay, well, that's that's that that just about wraps up all the questions I had. Uh, Lawrence, you want to you want to ask Jason anything else about his uh, about his bowel movements or anything else? Any 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 potential players that Southampton are looking at right now? Or yeah, what's the transfer cost with Southampton? Wow, um, I think a lot of Southampton right now is just retainment and keeping hold of the players that we want. Um, I guess centre back. Um, is probably a priority. Like I think Southampton are a little bit short there, and um, but that's been the case for the last couple of seasons, and they've not really reacted to that or done anything. So I think it's just player retention, and then see where we're at in January. You know, and if there's a sudden need to buy someone, then it will happen in January. Like it's Southampton aren't what they were like five years ago where they'll be proactive and trying to make players um trying to get players um that were going to make the money in the future it's it's become a bit of a reaction situation where it's like shit we're doing like the statistics are really bad at the back like we need to buy someone or you know we're not scoring any goals so shit we need to buy someone like Southampton uh, a reaction team and it kind of sucks but I guess that's the reality of the situation like that's it what do you make of uh, uh, Pierre Hoybier going to Tottenham um, what do you think of that do you who do you who do they have lined up for replacement or is it just going to be someone uh, one of the younger players in the Saints team yeah I I like he was um the team captain and um I think they've just got James Will Prowse as like just replacing him and then let the let the youth let the um let the players in between, especially with lockdown and everything and um money's money's a little bit short. I think Southampton are just gonna play it close to the chest if they need to react and they're suddenly like super struggling then in January they'll they'll buy someone but i think at the moment james will prowse is doing a pretty decent job and they've renewed contracts with the manager and players around that have a positive influence they're they're just going to continue doing that um i think they're doing a pretty decent job um it would be nice if they like signed someone exciting but honestly i don't think that's on the cards i i mean i i it, to your point, it is that is something that Saints have that pretty much no other club in the world has, where it's like they can just rely on their youth system in a way that I think, like like I said, no other team really can. Um, just because, I mean, you think of the, the players that have come through that youth system over the years. Chances are, if they if they give one of the kids a chance in any position, the likelihood is that they're going to turn out to be, you know. If not, if not world class, a pretty decent Premier League standard player most yeah. of the time. They they could have so easily said to Hoiberg, like, "Sorry, mate, but you know you're you're part of our contract talks. Like, like that's you you can talk about moving away, but you're you're with us for the next year and a half." But they they're like sensible enough to know like his contract's running in, running out, and he wants to move away, and. You know they're gonna sell him for what twenty million or something. Um, like I think Southampton are very, like they're very sensible. Like they're a sensible club, and they know what's what, and they're they're not 
like um too like controversial when it comes to like players wanting to leave like they're not gonna just say like no you can't leave i think they're quite sensible and um forward thinking honestly yeah i can't I, i'm trying to think i can't really think of a, a situation where that's happened like you think of other clubs it is that yeah managers have been sort of every time it's come up in the press about a certain player being rumored to leave or whatever if it's if they don't want it to happen like most managers will just say no he's not going or no we haven't received any offers or whatever um but yeah thinking about saints it, uh, it's pretty much any player that has sort of you know received a decent offer um I, yeah they 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 usually like yeah okay go go chase go chase your dream you know go go win some go win some trophies or whatever yeah um and it's a, yeah i mean it's a, I, sort of a sort of a zen way of of approaching it really um because otherwise otherwise you know if you try and force players to stay they end up getting resentful or they you know they turn they turn weird you know yeah <laughs> i'm thinking about like I'm thinking about like the number of times Wayne Rooney tried to leave United and he was just told again and again that he couldn't. And it's like, I think it kind of drove him insane. I feel like it, it kind of like made him a bit mental. Um, and it's just, yeah. Or like, like Zaha at, at Palace, you know, like it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about um, Adam Lana and it's just like, yeah, he, he's a club legend. Like for most Southampton fans, like, Adam Lallana was an absolute club legend, but it was like Liverpool are offering offering twenty five, thirty million for him, and it's just like fuck. Like he's a he's a Bournemouth boy as well. I I, uh, I went to school with him. No, no, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, he went to uh, same school as me and uh, and friend of the show and fellow Bona League member Martin Higgins. We we went to school together. He was a few years above us. Um, but he, yeah, I mean, he was barely ever around because he was like because he was off training and whatever. Yeah, he got like you know he uh, a, he was like uh, he was like very good family friends with a, a mate of mine who I used to go to watch Bournemouth matches with. But this is like back when Bournemouth were in like you know League Two and League One. Um, so he'd be talking about his mate Adam, um, and we'd be like. Uh, yeah, sure, Jamie. Whatever. You're, you're okay. Your mate Adam's got the England under twenty ones call up. Okay, right. Um, and then you know, obviously, it gets to like, it gets to the World Cup a few years later, and Adam Lallana is literally in the England team. We're like, oh wow. I guess, I guess Jamie wasn't bullshitting. Wow. Yeah. The thing is with Adam Lallana, he wasn't just a player. Like he was a complete ethos. Like he was the Pochettino close him down, let's fuck him up kind of player. Like. He is great. Like I have nothing but love for Adam Lalana. And um me and James Foster played a um Belgium like top flight. I was, I was standard and he was Ghent and he signed This Adam is in is this football manager, yeah. This is as yeah, opposed to FIFA. And he signed Adam Lalana and I was so jealous because he's got fucking Adam Lalana on his team. I was like, what the fuck? You also got Nathaniel Klein, like, absolute glass leg team. Oh, wow. What the fuck is he thinking? But, yeah, like, those those players were, like, they're club legends. I did a similar thing when I I finally started playing football manager at the start of the lockdown. Um, One of the first things I did 
obviously I played as Arsenal. One of the first things I did was re-sign uh, Aaron Ramsey <laughs> just for sentimental reasons, uh, just to bring him back. But it turned out to be, it turned out to be a pretty good, uh, pretty good sort of masterstroke. I think, yeah, we ended up kind of doing pretty well in Europe because of him. So, yeah. So, yeah. Right, so you, you said apparently about two minutes ago, and then we, we didn't get to hear the rest of that thought. I just want to make sure we didn't miss anything important. It was about Wilfred Zahar, and supposedly he's very much egging for a move to Arsenal. Um, but uh, yeah. I don't know if the club really, because you know we're we're out for a Coutinho and some centre back <laughs> from Lille. Uh, yeah, you know, are, are we going to have anywhere for um, Zahar? It, it seems like he really wants to come to Arsenal, and he's going to be like. Uh, Peter Odom Wengi, where he's driving up, driving up to QPR and then having to sign for like Cardiff City in the end. Yeah, I I, I had a very similar thought. I, I, yeah, he seems because he does seem very intent on leaving, and I guess this is we're sort of edging in towards Arsenal news territory here, which we'll, we'll get into properly in a minute. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I had a very a very similar thought uh, where it's like if Zaha still is pushing for a move away from Palace. I don't think Arsenal are going to be that interested in him anymore because we've got quite a few play like we've got quite a few players like him now. Like you think like the yeah. in terms of like you know very pacey wingers that are able to draw a foul or uh, or put in a cross or play like a through ball or whatever. You know we've got like we've got Pepe, we've got Saka, we've got uh, Martinelli. You know we've got. I mean, like Aubameyang's been playing on the wing a lot this season, while Lacazette plays through the middle, and they can switch around. Like it, it, we've got a lot of those types of players now. And obviously, it was Emery that was trying to get Zaha to sign for Arsenal in the first place, and he is long gone. <laughs> and then, like you said, you know the other types, the other types of players that we're looking at in this transfer window, we're not really looking for any Zaha. Uh, types uh, at the moment, so yeah, I, I don't know where he'll end up because um, I, I doubt it'll be Arsenal. But it'd be interesting to see if he is going to try and force a move away from Palace, um, where he'll go. My guess is probably somewhere in Turkey. That's where a lot of players uh, go. That just players that want to move for the sake of moving, um, just for the money or whatever, always seem to end up in you know Fenerbahce or whatever. So that'll that'll probably be where he goes. Um, we should probably, um, I, I mentioned it earlier, but we should probably let our, our guest go. Um, Jason, thank you so much for, for joining us and uh, chatting uh, quite, a lot of, uh, quite a lot of shit with us. Um, it's always, always nice. I feel like I was a little bit um, Southampton-based, but I guess at the same time, I make no apology for that. Like, I am a Southampton fan, so that's how that goes. That's fine. It's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, we want to, we want to be open and uh, balanced and whatever. You know, we want to get some perspective outside of just the Arsenal bubble. So, uh, so yeah, it's 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 good. We'll we'll cut out the really boring parts. So don't worry. Um, <laughs> um, do you have anything anything you'd like to promote or anything you'd like to plug? Um, not particularly. Like I love you guys. Like it's great. Um, I love James. He messaged me this morning, and I feel in a better place because of that. But oh. yeah, other than that, like no, no, I don't need to plug anything right now. I'm in a good spot, so okay. Um, get me in a in a couple of months and maybe. But I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Okay, do you want to um just real quick? Do you want to uh, just putting you on the spot a little bit? Do you want to make any uh, cultural appropriation recommendations just while you're here? <laughs> Anything you've seen recently that's, that's any good? No, 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 no. 
I'm good. I'll I'll leave that. that. <laughs> okay. Uh, <just. laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you guys for right. having on. Like I appreciate it and I hope I wasn't too annoying. Um created too much background noise. Not at all. No, it's it, it's it's Jay, it, it's I mean, at the moment, it sounds pretty good. We'll see how it comes out on the, the actual episode. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it sounds pretty decent here. Yeah. Um, we'll, uh, I've had a yeah. lot of fun, so I'm definitely up for it again. Um, but yeah, enjoyed it. We will, we'll definitely have to figure out a way to get you and uh, James on uh, together because um, I feel like you are, you know, you are kind of a, a, a double act. So we, we, need to, yeah. Yeah, we, we need to get James's perspective on a lot of this stuff. Like the Shane Long stuff, like you, you like, He's a fucking god to Southampton supporters. Like Shane Long is awesome, and you guys just make it seem like he's nothing. Like, yeah, he hasn't scored a goal for the last twenty matches, but Shane Long is fucking awesome. <laughs> we were, we, you know, we're just, we're just saying, you know, this is this is how you look to other teams. You know, this is how you how you appear to everybody else. Um, but anyway, yeah, thanks, thanks for, for joining us, Jason. Uh, it's been great talking to you. We'll, we'll get some more of the, the, the Boner Boys on uh, very soon. But uh, yes, to, uh, to Jason Manning, we say thank you and uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Okay. Um, that, was, uh, that was our friend Jason. Um, as promised, we're going to get into the, the usual segments that we have on the show uh, in just a moment. But we're going to take a, a very uh, swift break uh, and be right back. Supposedly, that's 21 penalties this season. Jesus. That's nuts. So that's... <laughs> Fernandez is basically taking the place of, uh, of Pogba, isn't it? Because, I mean, he, he, all the penalties they got last season, he scored loads of them. That was like... Yeah. He had, like, his best goal-scoring season for United yet, and it's because he scored, like, 10 penalties. <laughs> um. Um, we're back, by the way. Um, so, yeah, we're just reflecting on the fact that uh, as we record this, the uh, United-Copenhagen uh, Europa League quarterfinal has gone to extra time. And uh, sure enough, Man United have been given a penalty. And even surer enough, uh, Bruno Fernandes has scored it. So, uh, yeah. Great. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm seeing, as, I'm seeing it as well. Yeah, United's 21st penalty of the season. Um, so, yeah. Great stuff. Um, so yeah, they're they're probably gonna go through to the uh, to the semis. Um, penalty merchant. Yeah. Penalty merchant. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, everything that's that's football banter. That's how you uh, you say something's a merchant of something. Yeah, even if it's like a good thing, it's like yeah. Oh, he's a goal merchant. Uh, typical goal. Goal merchant. merchant. Oh, look at him! He's scoring goals like a wanker. They call a Barmier um, or a tapping merchant when he's anything but a tapping. <laughs> yeah, I mean he scores all types of goals, but yeah, it's like I don't know, man. Goals are still goals. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like no, every goal has to be like thirty yard screamer into the top corner. Otherwise, it doesn't count. Also, it's like I don't know, man. It's, yeah, like did, didn't Ruud van Nistelrooy like famously not score any goals outside the penalty area or something? He was like, yeah. One of United's all- six-yard line every time. Yeah, yeah. He was one of United's all-time biggest. Yeah, their all-time highest goal scorer. 
and he never scored outside the penalty area. It's like, it doesn't fucking matter, man. Um, so yeah, Arsenal news. Um, so yeah, not a whole lot to talk about news wise. Not much has happened because it's the end of the season. Um, but there's plenty of transfer nonsense for us to, to talk about. So we, we sort of we sort of talked about the, the Zaha thing, which isn't not really a story as far as Arsenal are concerned at this point. I mean, he might again he might be trying to force a move away from uh, away from Palace, but doesn't seem to be any kind of chatter on Arsenal's end about uh, bringing him to the club. What yeah, were you going to say? I was going to say about uh, Coutinho. I've talked about Coutinho, but. The one I re- I don't know about Coutinho is like do, it's just going to be like another Ozil <laughs> with Coutinho because it's high wages and all that, and uh, I'm more interested in getting another centre back. Really, there's also Thomas Partey from Atletico Madrid, another sort of defensive mid cent- you know, central mid type. Yeah, but um, it may mean that potentially Lucas Torreira will have to be sold. Uh, Something like that, or um, yeah, even someone like uh, Maitland Niles, or some has been speculating like Rob Holding as as potential people that players that will have to be sold. Maitland Niles seems to be the one that that yeah, the the the, the most persistent rumours uh, seem to be around. I, I saw a story just before we started recording. Apparently, there's two Premier League clubs and uh, Bundesliga club are are interested in Maitland-Niles um, and it looks as though they would be selling him to sort of finance the you know the other transfers that they want to make and to you know offer the uh, the contract to tie Aubameyang down but I mean I don't know it I, for me like the, the main Arsenal story you know again there's plenty of sort of transfer gossip and as fun as all that is to you know speculate on who's going where what you know whether they'd fit in with the team or whatever um i i, I feel like it, as as a as a podcast you know we've, we've got a, a very limited reach but i feel like we should still make a stand against the fact that the club uh is i believe at this stage still proposing to make 55 people redundant um yeah. and a good chunk of the scouting uh team as well i believe the scouting network that they've got apparently a, a good chunk of those guys are, uh, are looking down the, the barrel of, of redundancy as well which is bullshit frankly um I, I i really really do not like that that a club as big as arsenal it, ju- it just shouldn't it just shouldn't be possible I, th- there's just no way the amount of money floating around in football especially at the level that arsenal are at um just fucking pay these people like you know the the players apparently took you know the the various wage cuts that they did on the understanding that um everyone you know all the other staff at the club's jobs would be safe um and now it turns out that that is basically bullshit and it's just i yeah that's they gotta they gotta do something about that they gotta i because otherwise it's just I don't know. It feels weird to talk about, you know, spending spending millions of pounds bringing players to to the club and paying them, you know, x amount of money per week. And I know it's one of one of the most cliched arguments in the world and something that really does piss me off about how much footballers get paid. But like just the idea that it's, you know, that that's going to still be going on while, you know, 60 odd people at the club aren't going to be able to make a living. Um is just 
it's just wrong. It just it just shouldn't it just shouldn't happen. These sort these employees don't get like compensation like a manager would, do they? They don't get like a like it, if you're a manager, mm. you get sacked. You get like twenty million. Whereas if you're just someone in the scouting, I assume you probably get nothing. Is that how it works? I assume. I think yeah. I mean, like, I would imagine if you're the scouts would probably get some sort of severance thing, but. I mean, yeah, it would. It, it when I say it would be a fraction of what a manager would get, I literally mean like, like probably one or two percent of what a uh, you know a, a compensation uh, payment or a you know severance payment that a, a, a Premier League manager you know of what what the club probably paid Emery to to get rid of him. Um, and like I said, that's that's you know that's for scouts for the first team, let alone all the other staff members you know lower down. Lower down the, uh, the the hierarchy, um, yeah, they're probably just going to get nothing, um, which again is is bullshit. Shouldn't be, shouldn't even be conceivable. Um, I mean, we saw earlier this season. We've seen you know Barry FC are just gone from the football league. It's, you know, again, it shouldn't be the amount of money being thrown around in uh, in in English football. It, it 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 just blows my mind that it's it's still possible for stuff like that to happen and it it shouldn't be so um yeah this is this is a a, a warning to the uh, to the <laughs> to the uh, arsenal uh uh i don't know general management or staff management as an organization this is a uh, this is your your first warning from the junior funners podcast this consider this strike one and uh, and you all know what happens at strike three, so you don't want to you don't want to push us there. It's great that we have an owner who's the quintessential uh, awful billionaire. It, I mean, the fact that he's American really is the icing on the cake. I mean, like you know, it, 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 he's like a shithead millionaire. Um, I mean, pretty much all football reason, club owners are of some variation. And apparently, the only reason he is so wealthy is because he married into the Walmart family. <laughs> <laughs> what, not just not just real estate, not just real estate, because that's what he was doing. But he also married into the uh, Walmart. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. That he's like a big Trump guy. Then I mean, obviously, like he's a big Trump guy because he's just a, you know he's a he's he's rich. But like, yeah, I mean the the fact that he just <laughs> the fact that he just basically inherited a bunch of wealth um, in order to start, you know, just fail business after business after business uh is incredibly trumpian so that yeah that 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 makes sense but again it is you know the amount of money that he's got um just yeah shouldn't be possible for that many people at the club to to have their jobs on the line in a season where we've won a trophy and guaranteed european football like the players again like you know as far as i understand that you know the, the articles i've read the players are very pissed off about this because they took their pay cut um on the understanding that everyone else's jobs were going to be safe. And then you know, the fact that they've won the FA Cup and delivered European football for another season also means that there's going to be more money coming into the club. So for them now to turn around and say, yeah, uh, we're going to make 60 odd people uh, redundant is, uh, yeah, bullshit. Um, so yeah, big fucks uh, to the, um, to the, yeah, to the, the sort of, Top of the pyramid at uh, at Arsenal. Um, fucking sort it out, guys. 
you could maybe use some of the this the money why, that this you. This is why people hate us. Yeah. This, this gives all the uh, you know United fans, Spurs fans, just more ammunition. I mean, it, yeah, and it's kind of difficult to defend it because it's like you know, we, like Arsenal reputation for having the most expensive uh, match tickets, like you know, like the like that, like just a, like regular tickets to an Arsenal home game are, are like way, like are famously the most expensive in the league. It's just like, what's it for if it's not for like if it's not for this? If it's not to keep everybody at the club paid and safe in their job, what the fuck are we doing charging that much money? It's awful. It's difficult to be funny about it, but it's like, it's, yeah, it really, really makes me uncomfortable and pisses me off. But, um, yeah, maybe the club can use some of its money from its endorsement deal from, uh, this, uh, delicious Camden Hells, uh, beer that I'm, that I'm drinking. I, this is the closest we'll probably ever get to a beer sponsorship because I believe they do have a, uh, a, uh, they do have some kind of endorsement deal with Camden Hells because they're a London based brewery. So, uh, Camden Hells, folks, drink it up. Jeremy Corbyn should come out and say something. I know he's not Labour leader anymore, but he's uh, he should come out and say something. He's got the most. Uh, uh, um, he's probably got yeah. He's influence. got for this for this exact situation. He has he's the Arsenal fan with the most clout. Um, I, I would be surprised if he hasn't said something already. Actually, to be honest, um, but but yeah, he he is he's exactly the man that <laughs> that yeah that the, the Arsenal. Uh, need to hear from at this moment an old, a, like a scruffy old socialist, uh, reminding the club that they won't be, they wouldn't be where they are without, without the little guy, without the people at the club that keep the day to day from, you know, uh, to keep the day to day kind of just stuff rolling along. Um, yeah, come on, yeah, Corp. You can't really like have a big, big banner saying you support key workers and then fire them. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like they did all that stuff for the NHS and they did, they did loads of like all these like cool things they did during the lockdown of like, you know, like making sure pe- like NHS workers had like food and stuff and like donating to like, yeah, all of these like local charities and stuff to the club. And then just like, just to, yeah, again, just all these big things. And then just to turn around and sack all those people is fucked up. Yeah. So yeah, strike one, strike one. Uh, Arsenal, not, Arsenal not general look. management. Not a good look. For, that's a big yikes from us, fam. Uh, it's a big, big yikes, yikes from the Junior Funners that's podcast. A, that's the first big yikes from the from the Junior Funners. First big yikes. Yeah, and we don't dish those out lightly. We do not dish those out no. lightly. Um, getting some breaking news from the BBC Sports website. Uh, Philip Neville thinks that uh, that it was a penalty for United. Um, so, so that's. That's a, some good good perspective. Objective voice uh, to get there. Yeah, um, former England's women's manager uh, Phil Neville, um, or is he still? Is he still technically the manager? I, I actually no, no I think he might still. Um, I thought he was. I thought he left already, but or was sacked. Um, his punditry is the most boringest punditry. It's like, not like Gary, a smart Gary guy. Neville for punditry is pretty. Gary was okay for punditry, but uh, Phil is, yeah, it's, it's like bad. I think yeah, Gary Neville is uh, Gary Neville's more interesting just because of the weird noises he makes. Um, like you know, famously made that weird fucked Ooh. up noise. Ooh, um, when Ooh. who was it that scored the the war? Torres. That was yeah. it. Yeah. Um. 
just uh, frightening, frankly, just a weird, weird noise to, to hear a man make. Um, but yeah. And, uh, and the fact that he does just get like, uh, not quite to the extent that Roy Keane does, but the fact that he does just get like, uh, just, just nakedly uh, angry when United don't do well. The fact that he, he so clearly gets very pissed off um, is, uh, yeah, is, is very funny. But yeah, Phil Neville, just, just, oh man. Just like, it just reminds me of like a guy that works in an office, you know, like it's just, just like, like just, uh, yeah, no, no real charisma or insight into anything. His hair probably pisses me off the most, that, that hair, that, just get a decent haircut, my word. I mean, I, <laughs> I can barely talk because my, my hair is very long and floppy at the moment, but. Yeah, I think a lot of people. It still looks like a, like. Like school kids' hairstyle, you know. It does, yeah. It is very much like a, yeah, um, like a, yeah, school picture day type haircut. And he's like a grown man into his, in his fifties, um, and he's still. I feel like the Neville brothers have always kind of had that kind of hair, though, haven't they? I feel like they, when they were playing, they they had like bowl cuts, pretty much. I don't know that it was like the nineties and everybody had like bowl cuts, but like they looked like little kids then, and then like even after like times have moved on and fashion has changed, they've both still just got like little kid haircuts. But uh, yeah, just to, to go back to the, yeah, like the Arsenal uh, transfer stories. So um, at the time of recording, uh, Willian has officially sort of said his goodbyes at Chelsea. He's, uh, he's sort of, you know, uh, released like an open letter thanking the fans and everything, um, saying goodbye. But we are yet to have an official announcement uh, as to whether he signs for Arsenal, but it does look as though, I mean, like all the, all the rumors and everything that are coming out saying is basically that he's been offered like a three year, a three year contract as opposed to the two year one that he was offered by Chelsea to stay. Um, and, uh, yeah, he turned 32 yesterday. Um, yesterday being Sunday as we record this, but, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited if yeah if he does end up coming to the club, and we I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but um, yeah, I, I think he's still got a, a few good years and it, 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 a good player to have around the club for all of the kind of young midfield players that we've got coming through, someone that they can they can learn from. I mean, being Brazilian, I mean, 32 is like that's like still being like 25, really. You know, Brazilians seem to have a they last a bit longer. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Brazilian 32 is like English 27. It's like, yeah. Like Roberto Carlos. I remember like Roberto Carlos and Cafu and still playing yeah. well into like, I don't know how long. Yeah, I, you're right. I remember Cafu, Cafu playing, uh, like Cafu's still playing and looking like an old man. Like, it, like one, of those, one of those rare guys where it was like he looked, he looked old while he was still playing. Um, but he was still great. Like it was like, yeah, Rivaldo as well. He's another one that like then he he played like well into like his like thirties and looked yeah like an old dude, but still, uh, you know, schooled everybody. So yeah, class is class is permanent. You know, as they say. Mm. Uh, yeah, so why you, temporary class. Per- temporary class is permanent. Class is permanent yeah. yeah. Um. Ugh. <laughs> Just, just nonsense. Just a nonsense phrase. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that, that'd be you know getting him on a free. Obviously, it's 
whenever you sign anybody, quote unquote, on a free, it's not really a free. He's probably getting like a big fat signing on bonus and, you know, um, his, his wages and his agent fee and everything else is probably going to, you know, it's going to amount to probably about 10 million quid at least, I would have thought. But, um, Still, I think that's that's a snip. Um, you know, that's that's you know, we got him for we got him for three years. I think there's you know, there's still there's still plenty left in the tank from him. And as I mentioned last week, he seems to have been through all of the managers that have sort of come and gone at Chelsea while he's been there. He's been one of the most consistent performers. Because I I was thinking like, I remember when like Mourinho came back the second time, and like Hazard uh, like started not playing as well and it was weird because everybody knew that Hazard could play you know Hazard's like one of the best in the world and he was just kind of not doing it under Mourinho and then as soon as Mourinho left he started playing well again but like even through like periods like that like Willian was still one of the few players that seemed to be that seemed to perform consistently for them so I mean, you know, think about how bad that Chelsea team were and how bad we are you know it's going to be great it's perfect for him I feel he's been very under underappreciated at Chelsea. You know, always had to sort of play second fiddle to Hazard. I think if you asked if you asked a Chelsea fan, they would say, "I think Chelsea fans clearly love him." I, I think I, I think that's a that is a little bit unfair to Chelsea fans. Um, I think he's probably been more undervalued by the management at Chelsea. I will, I will, I will stick up for the Chelsea fans in in that regard. I think they, um, yeah, I think they they. They like Willian and probably would have preferred him to stay. To be honest, if you if you spoke to spoke to the average Chelsea fan on the street, um, they'd probably say that yeah, they they would have wanted him to stay. But um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's sort of it's difficult to it's difficult to shine next to a player of Hazard's uh, caliber because basically no one can do it. I think there's maybe like. There's maybe like De Bruyne and that's it. Like <laughs> there's nobody. There's nobody as good. No, it was. He's kind of had a really bad season with injuries. Hazard. Mm. Uh, I mean, against Man- Manchester City, completely um, anonymous, really, in that whole game. Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird how you know someone like him is just just not. It's just not working right now at Real Madrid. But yeah, that does. That happens, doesn't it? Weirdly, for for like really great players, they can go to Madrid and it just it works for a bit, and then it stops, or it doesn't work right away, and then the fans will just instantly turn. <laughs> it, it it really does not take much for the the Real Madrid fans to um, just decide that uh, you're a mistake, and the club shouldn't have signed you. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just. Cristiano Ronaldo is the only player that is like obvious. Well, obviously, um, they worship, but uh, yeah, Gareth Bale is the same kind of a Gareth Bale. It's like, yeah, even if you win it for him with two great goals in the same game, like they still turn on you. So yeah, it's almost like you can't win with them. You know, I mean, it is. Yeah, it's like I I feel for Gareth Bale, and it's like you know. Like Zidane saying all this stuff in the press, like he didn't want to be included in the team and stuff, and it's just like I can't blame him. Like he, there's there's nothing he can do. Like he, like you said, he literally won them a Champions League, and it's it's just not enough. So it's like, why the fuck? Like why the fuck would he? Like clearly, 
he'd rather go somewhere that he's actually going to be appreciated. Um, then yeah, why not? Let him go. Let him go somewhere else. But if they're going to do that, they they also have to let Danny Tobias go. They can't keep Danny Tobias. Uh, that's the other. That's the other like asterisk. Yeah. Next to that. He's yeah. He's another player who's underappreciated at Real Madrid. Should come come to Arsenal. Permanent deal. It's hell. Hello, appreciated Arsenal. We love him. We love him, don't we, folks? We love Danny. We love him. We love Danny Ceballos. He's fantastic. A lot of people have said some very nice things about Daniel Ceballos. Very, it's fantastic. He's a great player. He's he he's, he called me. He called me. He said, uh, "You're doing great. You're doing a fantastic job." Um, <clears throat> that was the that was the president. That was, that president. Was, uh, that was talking, uncanny. Amazing. I it was Mr. President. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a big, uh, big Dennis Ceballos fan. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, was it? Are there any other transfer rumors talk about Arsenal? We sort of mentioned Coutinho. I, I'm more optimistic about Coutinho if it ends up happening. I, I don't think it will, because um, as I understand it, it was like they were like looking at either Coutinho or Willian, and now they've got Willian. I yeah. think they probably aren't going to bother with Coutinho. Um, but if he does end up coming, I would, I'd be more optimistic uh, that he would be better than Özil. <laughs> Maybe just because I'm so sick and fed up of Özil. But uh, there was, there's two centre backs that I was supposed to have been in the rumor mill. There was uh, Gabriel Magalhães at Lille. Yeah, who a lot of Arsenal fans have been saying, well, his sister's been fo- just followed Arsenal, and his brother was pictured wearing an Arsenal sh- or his cousin or something was wearing an Arsenal shirt on Instagram. <laughs> so that's why. Uh, and there's another who's on a free, a free agent at the moment, uh, Malang Saar, who's oh, yeah. at Nice under Patrick Vieira. And I don't know, that's all gone quiet, that whole Malang Saar. But, um, Malang gang. Yeah, it's one of those, it's one of those where uh, Gabriel, uh, he's, also, Man United might be in for him as well, so I don't know whether that is. Yeah, that's 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 very funny because I have seen like a lot of United uh, chatter about about uh, about him, and then kind of going quiet when it does seem like Arsenal are more likely to sign him. Um, so, yeah, I I did the, speaking about like the the uh, you know about. Hit, uh, Gabriel signing for Arsenal. There was, uh, I think, I sent it to the uh, <laughs> to the Bona League chat. But there's there's a great account on Twitter called Out of Context Arsenal. They kind of just you know they'll, they'll post just screenshots and screen grabs of, of funny things related to Arsenal. And the official uh, the official Arsenal Twitter account um, tweeted a, a support uh, a, a tweet in support of the people of Beirut following the uh, the uh, the massive explosion there last week. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so they, they, they tweeted this thing about like, yeah, like, you know, we, uh, feel for uh, the, the people of, of Beirut and wish a speedy recovery and all our thoughts and prayers and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then like almost the, I think pretty much the first reply to that tweet is uh, just from an Arsenal fan saying, announce Gabriel. It's just like, <laughs> I think, I don't know whether it's like, Automated, like they have automated tweets. So, like every time Arsenal tweets, <laughs> they that and they, you know, and it's just backfired horribly. Um, 
yeah. this awful <laughs> tragedy. Um, I, it's like those people yeah. who instantly re- reply to Donald Trump. They, uh, those, those people. Krasenstein uh, style, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it was a real guy that was just like, yeah, just like, oh, we don't care about that, or else Gabriel. Um, yeah, that was that was very funny to me. Um, there was another they, another one that I saw earlier today. Of um, there was like a, um, uh, I think it's uh, Willie Aubameyang, uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang's brother, was like doing this uh, like kind of Instagram live story with with Pierre, um, and there's just like a bunch of like comments. Uh, uh, like one, well, one of the comments was "Smile if you signed that thing," and uh, Pierre is doing a big smile. <laughs> Like he's like there next to his brother, and he's doing like a big smile. So it's like I think yeah, people are kind of like again this context-free thing of just like ah, told him to smile if he signed it, and he's smiling, so that means he signed it. But um, they get I I worry they're gonna set themselves up for disappointment. I just feel like oh god, it's kind of like right until the end of the week, gonna be like, is he gonna sign? Is he not? Is he not? Oh god. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm getting I, very anxious about that whole thing, but um, I, I hope he stays. I want him to stay, but yeah, I was feeling anxious about it until we won, until we won the cup. Um, I feel like a lot of it kind of hinged on that, and there's not been there's not been kind of any transfer. There's not been sort of like rumors or chatter about like clubs that are in for him. You know, like clubs that have like made mm, inquiries or yeah. talked to him or approached him about, you know, like, like personal terms or whatever. I haven't really heard anything about that. So I think, I don't know. Uh, yeah, normally if, you know, this type of situation, man- uh, not managers, uh, agents will try and, you know, they'll try and drum up, a, you know, a bunch of like, oh yeah, we've had like offers from three clubs or whatever, but doesn't seem to be any of that. I think it, it seems as though he's more interested in, in staying, hopefully. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm more optimistic uh, than I was. But, uh, yeah, we I, I'm not, not taking anything for granted. If being an Arsenal fan has taught me anything, um, it's to never take anything for granted until things are definite. You know, never count your chickens before they hatch. Um, so... As a, as a person who owns chickens, uh, I can... Uh... I can confirm. And you count them all the time. Eggs in one basket. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You count counting chickens in your in your in your sleep. Or if they stop laying, you just you know either get new ones and make some fried chicken. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody wins except the chicken, I guess. But uh, you know. It's a fucking chicken. They're stupid. What do they care? Um, <clears throat> well, the chicken knows its place on the food chain. They, you know, they, they, they just lie down respectfully, just be like, okay, I guess it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, they respect the gorilla mindset. Um, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when a cop pulls them over, they're like, hello, officer, may I suck your dick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cernovich style. Uh, sorry, Thurnovich style. <laughs> um, oh, he's going to sue us now. Careful, some sloppy toppy officer. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to. Mike Cernovich is going to sue us now because we made fun of his lisp. 
uh, whatever. We could do it with the publicity. I don't mind. Uh, but that's yeah. Was there any other any other? Oh, well, I suppose the other big football story is the uh, the 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 Jaden Sancho thing, uh, which yeah, that's what I was somewhat referring to earlier when speaking of bowel movements. Yes. as Mark Goldbridge tweeted anything about um, Sancho at all lately? Because. Uh, <laughs> It's going down to the wire. It's going down to the wire. Is it? Yeah. Transfer deadline day. Jaden Sancho still hasn't turned up at Old Trafford because <laughs> that's how it works. Transfers. Yeah. They literally have to turn up at the stadium, like in the football game. Yeah. You have to have a. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's um, oh, going to be great. I hope they spend like 300 million just for this one player. <laughs> just... It will be. I mean, like it... the, the Glazers have to sell off their other business ventures just for this one player <laughs> and it brings down United and it just it's it's just like they haven't learned their lesson from like Pogba or anything it's just they've just gone all in on one player uh, thinking that's going to solve all their problems and it just doesn't um but it looks as though yeah this is like at the time of recording this we're, we're you know we're at the final day the the deadline that the uh, Borussia Dortmund set United to uh Make an acceptable offer, uh, and they haven't. And it looks as though Sancho has been included in the, the squad for for Dortmund's um, training camp that they've gone to. Uh, so I, yeah, again, it's almost as though they never actually expected United to uh, to cough up the money um, for it, and they were just like, "Oh, you want him? Yeah, well, he's this much. Fuck you." Um, which. Got to respect think, that move. That's I think Southampton funny. need to do that more. Southampton would <laughs> be more like that. You want a player, two hundred million. Mm. Yeah, not not yeah. ten million for Spurs. Hoibierg. Yeah, Hoybjerg. Fucking eighty million, easy. And we want eighty million. We want yeah, Peters as well. Yeah, yeah. That's what they. You know. That's the and that's the art yeah, of the, deal. Not here, no. the art deal, folks. We love making deals, don't we? Let's hear it for deals, folks. We love you're gonna love these deals. They're just tremendous. Pierre Emil Hoybierg, he called me on the phone. He said some very nice things about how I'm dealing with the 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 the, the coronavirus. It's very good. Totally normal. Totally normal. I, I've had I've had the most number of deaths due to the coronavirus. Number one in history, folks. <laughs> Obama couldn't do these. The president's done. Your faith could. Your faith could never. Your faith could never, folks. Um, look at my. Look at my uh, African American over here. <laughs> Take a look at. It. <laughs> That's a deep cut, but that is one of the funnier things he said. That that is like yeah, just some <laughs> some campaign rally or whatever, and he just. <laughs> just points at like it just points at a black guy that's like off to the side of the stage. Look at my look at my African American over there. Are you the greatest? Aren't you the greatest? <laughs> just uh, pointing at a guy that no one can see and just like yeah, man, absolute. I'm, ima- just- I'm imagining Trump. I'm imagining Trump buying a football club and wondering which one he would buy. I think um, because he's like just driven by like kind of weird petty uh you know just like a like a a weird kind of like one-upmanship type thing i could see him buying newcastle uh after it was you know after the after the saudis weren't allowed to buy it i can see him doing that just to kind of spite them yeah that would be that would be great 
him and Vince McMahon. He shows up because and- Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon yeah. was going to supposedly one one time buy Newcastle. That would have been a co-ownership of Vince McMahon <laughs> and Donald Trump. Yeah, that would have been so funny. It's just like, like you know, eleven players come out onto the field for uh, for Newcastle, and then it's just suddenly like all the lights go down, and then it's just like like the the a PA for the system is like, oh my god, that's Almiron's music, and then he just comes down the tunnel. There's a bunch of spotlights. <laughs> Oh man! Newcastle signed the NWO, and they yeah, imagine that. Like they're all <laughs> old now, but it'd be hilarious. Wow, 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 wow! And here comes Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. And, <laughs> uh, dare I say Hulk man. Hogan? He'll come out with Newcastle shirts on. I t- yeah, Hogan. Yeah, Hulk Hogan strikes me as a guy that will do anything for money, even though. He's like a trillionaire now from uh, suing Gorka, but like, yeah, I think yeah, if like Vince McMahon could easily convince him just to show up in a Newcastle shirt, and then you know, obviously he's got to rip the shirt off because he's Hulk Hogan. Um, he's just like yeah, he does like a leg drop on a Sunderland fan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is all. Yeah, he does a leg drop on Jordan Pickford. <laughs> Listen here, brother. We're gonna give yeah. relegation the chair. That's there's not enough. Hey, yo, there's, not Chico. Pro, <laughs> there's not enough pro wrestling in football. I think that that's that's an element. That no, they, there needs to be because it's like you think about like the NFL has like plenty of kind of pro wrestling accoutrement to it. You know the 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 showmanship and the over the top uh, yeah, kind of nature right. thing and the steroids and all that. We should uh, we should adopt some of that in the Premiership. It'd be really funny. Yeah, they've had like I mean Roman Reigns was a NFL player and Goldberg was a fo- football player. They've had there have been some that have crossed over. There was one uh, German goalkeeper that was uh uh his Weiser, I think his name was. He was like going to be a wrestler but it didn't work out for him. Oh, um, man. You think of all the yeah. like the football related gimmicks they could have they could have given him like that's oh, damn. Uh, there was one I remember back in the nineties when Vinnie Jones was like a he was on an episode of uh, when they came to Britain once <laughs> and the referee gave him a red card. That was that was great. That was hilarious. <laughs> nice. And there was yeah, oh there was a time um, Wayne Rooney was in the crowd because they used to have this guy Wade Barrett who was like. He was from Preston. He was proper Northern lad. He was, oh yeah, yeah. He was in W. Very few back a few years back, and uh, Ray Mooney was like in the crowd, and Ray Mooney slapped him, and obviously, it's, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't real, but you know, what? It was pretty great. Uh, oh, and and I remember uh, Josie Mourinho was in the crowd, and um, I think Shane McMahon was on the mic, and he was sort of making fun of. Uh, Jose Mourinho, just, <laughs> he was just sitting there with a big shit eating grin on his face. Yeah, that was, I remember that. Just happy that people are paying attention to him. That's all he ever wants. And I think Roy Keane may have been in a crowd once, for a very long time ago. That I would be Roy Keane. May. Watching Roy Keane, yeah, like if they if they did like a again like sort of one of those like sort of um, sort of exhibition things where it's just like oh they've got a famous person in the crowd and then it's like you know they come up and do it you know they're, they're suddenly in the ring it would be very funny to watch Roy Keane because he's 
obviously going to be so much shorter than most of the wrestlers, but they'd still have to make it look like he's beating the shit out of them. So it'd just be like really funny. You know, they'd have to, you know, they're like leaning down so that he can like get them in a headlock and stuff. That'd be really funny. He would he would forget it was fake and he would actually probably start trying to break someone's ankle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he'd like genuinely nut someone. Like just yeah. Going for the headbutt, forgetting that it's uh, forgetting that it's fake. Or just trying to just trying to prove that he really you know I I know that I know that all of you know that this is fake, but I'm I'm actually hard. I'm a real I'm a, I'm I'm really I'm fucking tough. I'm fucking tough. I can I'm fucking I'm I'll not the rock. This is listen here, brother. If you if the rock if Rock Dwayne Johnson is watching this at home, you better fucking you f- it, yeah. He'd grab the mic and like yeah. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll tell you what, Mean Gene. I, they don't have Mean Gene Oakland anymore, do they? They, they? they should have. They should have had a Ferguson versus Roy Keane. That would that would be absolute once pay-per-view. and for all. Yeah. Once in a lifetime match. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's all the football. <laughs> that's all the football stuff, right? We've sort of covered uh, all the important things like uh, uh, football and wrestling. And yeah. The, um. Yeah, basically, I'm, I'm using my cupboard door as a fan. It's very hot. It's it's yeah. I, I'm using. I've got a I've got a brand new desk fan here. I'm, apologies if that's uh, come through on the recording, but. Uh, it's necessary. I, I will I will die without it. So um, let's do some uh, cultural appropriation, shall we? So uh, this is the bit of the show where we sort of recommend things that we like. Uh, Jason declined to recommend anything earlier because uh, I guess he's like a weird robot. Um, I think he, if, if he's not watching football or playing football manager, I think he just kind of shuts down um, like C-3PO. Um, but <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Whew. Is that Camden Hells? Uh, making me making me all gassy. Camden Hells, folks. If you want gas, drink Camden Hells. Um, but yeah, Lawrence, what do you what do you got for us, uh, recommendation wise? I would like to recommend this week uh, a record uh, by I've I've co- I've talked about the Midnight before uh, synth synth. Wavy group, uh, they just came out with a new record. It, sort of a, a theme going on here. Last album was called Kids. This album is called Monsters. Oh, and I've been listening to that. And uh, another sort of uh, one of these, I don't know what you would call them, sort of uh, dream pop artist. I also, I have a guilty pleasure for sort of these uh, sort of dream pop sort of bands that YouTube keeps recommending mm. me, but. Uh, like this one, uh, Hazel English is the uh, one that I like at the moment. She's lots of good stuff. Mm. Yeah, she's very, very good, very good uh, uh, one, uh, musician. Uh, yeah, I would like to recommend Hazel English. Okay. She's very good. Check, uh, check those out. Have you got any, any particular tracks or albums, uh, Hazel English wise, to recommend? Uh, no. Uh, just go for the first one that comes up on YouTube. <laughs> um, it's usually the best. I can't, it's usually the best. Uh, yeah, it's, um, I, I would like to uh, maybe talk just 
talk about wrestling, I would, uh, if you're interested about the whole Montreal screw job, if you know what I'm talking about, um, with Bret Hart, uh, back when he was going to leave WWF at the time to WCW, and uh, in the match with Shawn Michaels, Vince McMahon came down. While Shawn Michaels had Bret Hart in his finishing move and rang the bell, and you know that whole fiasco. If you want to, there was a documentary from Bret Hart's perspective. Now I don't know. This is a thing that a lot of conspiracy types have been speculating over whether this was a work, whether this was part of it, or whether it was a real thing that happened, you know, hmm. spontaneously, or whether this was planned to conspire against Bret Hart because. He was going to WCW and he was the champion and Miss McMahon didn't want his champion to go to WCW with the belt. So there's all this stuff where to screw him. Huh. That's why it was called the Montreal Screwjob. And, uh, but it's from Bret Hart's side of things. It's called Wrestling with Shadows, mm. which came out at the time, 1997. Yeah. So I thought that was a, it's a pretty good documentary about, um, what went on? Interesting that there's like a, you know, wrestling being like a fake thing, and then there's like a documentary that might also be fake, but also is like maybe some of it's real. Yeah. I think that's what made it good at the time during the nineties was the because we didn't have internet yeah. and all these things and social media, so we weren't privy to it all. And um, yeah, so but in many ways, what you read about what happens backstage. It's far more interesting than what you know, the real, all the stuff that you see on TV. Oh, yeah. All the backstage yeah. politics that goes on. Yeah. But that's a pretty good documentary about um, what happened. Mm. I guess more from Bret Hart's side. Because you're never going to get Vince McMahon's side unless it's a highly polished and edited. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's, uh, yeah, famous, uh, famous big time cunt. Vince McMahon so yeah he's never gonna he's never gonna talk about anything that makes him look bad um, unless like you said it's like his version of it where it makes him look good so yeah fuck that guy um, okay that's so that, those, that's your that's your Rex for, uh, for for this week um, I think I, I only got one thing to recommend this week really um, uh, sort of during during the sort of earlier part of the uh, the the um, COVID lockdown, a lot of the uh, Studio Ghibli movies were, were being added to Netflix. Um, you know, like Studio Ghibli being the like, legendary anime studio. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. It was cool to sort of watch through it because I hadn't seen that many of them. I think I don't, I don't think you ever seen like, you know, the stuff that everybody's seen, like, you know, like My Neighbor Totoro and um, Spirited Away, but I hadn't seen a lot of the other stuff. I recommend the uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, that's a very kind of nice chill watch about a uh, a young witch um, moving away from home for the first time and inadvertently starting her own uh, delivery business. Um, it's fun. It's, yeah, uh, Kirsten Dunst plays uh, plays Kiki. The late great Phil Hartman uh, plays her talking cat Gigi. Um, it's uh, yeah, very uh, very fun fun performance from him. It's uh, yeah, it's a nice kind of chill movie beautifully animated everything looks fantastic and um yeah i mean if you kind of like me kind of a you know like a newcomer to all the kind of you know like kind of uh, 
like classic anime and stuff like that. It's it's a good it's a good way in to a lot of that stuff. Um, it's a good kind of you know it's a good sort of way to start getting into that uh, that stuff. And it's all it's all on Netflix now. So uh, check it out. Check out Kiki's Delivery Service. I think that's that's all I'm going to recommend uh, this week. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've uh, I think we've talked long enough. Um, if you want to hear more from us, we're on the social media uh, sites that you all know and love. Uh, we're on twitter.com uh, slash junior funners, or you can just search for at junior funners. Uh, email us at junior funners at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook as well. Just look up junior funners, you know, pretty much the first thing I would imagine with the first thing that comes up anyway. Um, unless your phone or computer corrects it to either. It, I find that when I'm trying to type in junior funners to anything, it either corrects it to junior gunners, which is the sort of thing that we're, goofing on with our name which is the that's like the uh fan club the kids fan club for arsenal or junior runners uh is the other thing that the auto correct uh tends to tend to change it to so uh and we are neither of those things um so yeah junior funners on uh whatever you care to search for um lawrence anything to say before we sign off um keep the faith that's don't be so down on yourself it's not as bad as you think bye